Well, um, about 20 years ago, I was, um, I was working as a lawyer in the city, and I'd had a problem with my eye. And I don't, know whether, I don't know whether you're one of these people, when you have a problem medically, you go straight to the doctor or not. I tend to leave it as long as I can. And so a week passed, two weeks passed. It still wasn't right. I had a game of tennis, and I could barely see the ball. With, so that was a bit annoying. And so I thought, I'll go and see the optician tomorrow. So I said to my, um, I said to my secretary at the time, I said, look, I'm just going to nip out. I'll be about an hour. I won't be long. And I had some client meetings later on in the morning. And basically, I went to the optician. And does anyone go to the optician? It's quite weird, isn't it, the optician? You go to that dark room and you put your, your chin on the thing and they're right there, aren't they? It's a bit weird. And then you look at the things. I can never, I can never work out what the numbers were. And she said, after about half an hour, she said, sit very still. And <laughs> I said, what's wrong? She said, I, I'm not sure about this, but I think you've got damage at the back of your eye. You risk losing your vision. Please just sit very, very still. In your right eye, there's also a risk your left eye vision is going to go as well. Uh, she said, I've called you a taxi, and um, you've got to go straight to Moorfield's Eye Hospital, emergency, uh, casualty bit, whatever. And I said, well, I've just got to let my secretary know. I've got a few things. I felt absolutely She said, no, go straight to the hospital. So I turn up at this Moorfields Eye Hospital. It's an amazing hospital. Turn up there. There's a guy there who's been punched in the face. He's got blood all over him and a bandage on his face. There's someone else um, just sort of um, just trying to find their way. No one can really see anything. They've got various injuries. They look really in trouble. And I just turn up with my suit and briefcase. <laughs> and so... The, the optician had said, tell the woman in A&E, you know, you've got damage at the back of your eye. So I just, uh, I, she said, why are you here? And I said, well, I've seen an optician. She said, I've got damage at the back of my eye. She said, right, come straight to the front of the queue and walk very slowly. And so I'm like that. Sitting there. Long story short, the consultant came out, looked at me. He said, have you had any breakfast? I said, yeah, I, had, I went to Bread and Manger. I had a great coffee and some <laughs> fruit. He said, oh, no. I said, why? He said, we need to operate. We'll have to wait till tomorrow now. And um, the long and short of it is uh, I basically was in great trouble because my vision was going. And uh, we're talking about vision tonight. And I want to ask you, really, as we begin, how's your vision? And of course, I'm not talking about physical sight. I'm talking, how's your vision uh, because we need a vision, actually, for our church. I'm going to speak about this tonight. We need one uh, for our school life. If you're at school, you need one if you're at uni. You need one, actually, uh, if you, your marriage, for your marriage. You need a vision for your marriage. You need a vision for your family. And you, you need one for yourself, a vision, a picture from God of the future. Why is it so important? Because without a vision, the people perish. Proverbs uh, 29, 18, I think it says. So we need to have vision. Vision gives purpose, it gives clarity, and it actually gives great hope to people, which is why it's so essential. So let me ask you as you begin, as we begin, how's your vision? How's your vision uh, at this time in 2018? And uh, I want to speak tonight from the parable of the sower, this extraordinary story that Jesus tells. And you probably heard it, you may not have heard it, but it's a simple story, but it has huge amounts to say about vision. It's an explosive, almighty, extraordinary story that operates on a number of levels. And Bex is just going to read this for us. Mark, I think it's chapter 4, 1 to 8. 
Um, what Mike didn't say was it was a detached retina. So there we go. That's the other part of the story. But back to the parable of the sower. <laughs> um, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things in parables. And in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. That's an extraordinary story that Jesus told that's captivated people for uh, hundreds of years. So vision, a picture of the future. Uh, Our church vision, just for the benefit of anyone visiting tonight, is to love God, love people, and make a difference. And we've cast it in those terms because actually we're trying to follow Jesus' teaching of the great commandment in Matthew 22, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And also to be people who make a difference in the world, change the world, uh, and follow the great commandment in Matthew 28, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're doing that in two main ways. Firstly, by speaking about Jesus. uh, And that's the main way. The technical term is evangelism. And it's great to hear these stories of you doing that tonight, to speaking about Jesus. It's at the heart of our vision. Second way is to do really acts, demonstrate God's love to people through our actions, uh, which point to his goodness. This technical term for that is mission. So that's our vision here. And tonight I want to just highlight three things that we're going to be doing in this season. And three things I want to just draw our attention to. The first thing is we need to keep sowing generously. We need to keep sowing generously. This is what this story is about, verse 1 to 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat, sat in it out on the lake. I was at the Sea of Galilee a couple of weeks ago. It's this amazing place. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. Parables are stories. And in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Now, in this story, the seed is the message of Jesus. It's the word of God. And uh, the message of Jesus is phenomenally powerful. It has the only power in the whole world, really, to change hearts, to change lives, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to change, actually, even people's eternal destinies. Such is the power of the seed, the, the word of God. It's an extraordinary thing. 
extraordinary person that we are caught up with. And in this story, the disciples will be listening. Uh, there's hints of just the power of the seed, the power of Jesus, this story that he tells. Uh, it's an agricultural story. And already, the people listening would be thinking about the Garden of Eden, where things went wrong. Jesus tells this story. He's hinting, I'm changing. Such is my power. I'm going to change what happens in, in, in the Garden of Eden. There's, there's hints of fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And so Isaiah 40 speaks of the grass withering, the flowers fading, but the word of God standing forever. And in Isaiah 55, Isaiah prophesies the Messiah will come and he's going to reap an extraordinary harvest. So there's, there's illusions already. Bombs are going off about what Jesus is saying in this story. The very fact he was a storyteller actually points to the power and the danger of his message. Theologians believe Jesus told stories because if he had just said plainly who he was and what he's about, he would have been killed sooner. So he's a storyteller, he's powerful, and actually he's generous, Jesus, in where he sows the seed, his message, he's generous. Now, I had a lawn, we used to live in New Zealand, it got absolutely trashed, and it was just brown and everything. So I'm going to replant the lawn. So I don't know whether you... Has anyone done a lawn before? A few of us. So I sort of got some seed. And I'm, I'm just sort of... And a, a, a gardener friend came round. And a gardener friend came round and said, What are you doing? That's not how you sow. I said, Well, how do you sow? He said, Like this. Gets the whole thing. I thought it would last a few years, my bag of seed. He just chucked it. Everyone's like, wow, man, relax. He sowed it everywhere. He sowed it on paths, rocky places, among thorns, and on good soil. So we need to keep sowing as a church uh, generously. The message of Jesus Christ is what I want to say. And we sow here. It's an amazing church here. We sow in all sorts of areas in all sorts of ways. We sow in our local town. And uh, you should see a slide come up, hopefully, with some of our partners. It might not come up. If it doesn't come up, that doesn't matter. But we partnered with various... Uh, next slide, please. The one after. The one after. The one after. The one after, there we are. We're going to keep saying in the town. And the one after. Let's stop there. So we've got all these partners in the town who do amazing things. We've got um, healing on the streets, people who pray for people on the streets. We've got street angels who help the police, really, on the weekends with uh, helping uh, encourage and protect vulnerable people. Uh, we've worked with the North Guildford Food Bank. We do amazing work there. People are involved from the church. And uh, we've just set up a whole load of other things in the town. We've just done a weekly homeless breakfast that we've established. And uh, Julia and her team have been doing a great job. But the thing I want to highlight really tonight just about what we're doing is Love Guildford. We do these weekends where just as a church we actively focus and try and sow seed and serve other people and bless other people. And as you'll know, we've been talking about this before Christmas. The next thing is on the 2nd to the 3rd of March. And we've got all sorts of opportunities to sow seed generously. And uh, if you've heard of Beesum, Beesum projects, we've got the opportunity to do two or three projects where we go into people's gardens and dig their gardens, sort out their gardens. It may be they're ill, they can't do it, or they're vulnerable, they don't have strength to do it. Well, we've got opportunities for 
two or three groups to go and do that. We've got opportunities that weekend for two or three more groups to paint and decorate people's houses. Have, has anyone done a Beeson project? They're just these amazing things that you can go and do and bless people. So we've got these opportunities. We're, we've also actually, part of our mission review, we, we've partnered with this group called Christians Against Poverty who work with people who get into debt and they really turn their lives around. And we're hosting a dinner here. You could help with that on that weekend. And some of the people who CAP have helped are coming. So we're trying to put on a big, big, generous dinner for them. And we've got all sorts of other opportunities to bring clothes that we don't need, to give to the homeless. We did that last year. They were gobsmacked. The, the Guildford Action who worked with the homeless community said, we, oh, we've never seen quality stuff given away like this before. And uh, we've got all sorts of other opportunities. We're strengthening our links with the emergency services. And uh, we're putting some food on for uh, the police, the fire service, the ambulance service uh, that weekend. You know, we're building closer links with those, those amazing men and women. And there's all sorts of other stuff that we can do that weekend. Details you've been sent in happening, you can sign up tonight. But we've got to keep sowing the seed generously. And uh, we don't just do it sort of set in the town in this way. In our communities, we do it. And it's been great to hear stories of what uh, people have sown generously. And uh, I don't know whether John is here tonight, but he's the CEO of Big Company. And he decided to sow some seed at work. He felt a bit vulnerable, but uh, he basically, before Christmas, put some chocolates together with a little note that said, I hope you have a great Christmas from the Christians at work. Let us know if we can pray for you in any way. And he's got lots of emails saying, could you pray for this? Could you pray for that? Thanks so much. They're wondering what to do, uh, actually, at Easter. So we're going to keep sowing. We're going to keep sowing generously. And uh, uh, it's important that we uh, just keep these words of Jesus uh, in mind. And uh, basically, we're going to um, sow overseas too, keep sowing overseas. We have these amazing mission partners. And uh, we've got Renell in South Africa, John and Lucy in Jordan doing really quite extraordinary things. Tim and Hannah are about to go. We've got uh, the possibility of doing some stuff in Tanzania with some street children and a couple of us are going out um, to visit this project in Tanzania in about a month's time, and we're looking at some tier fund projects too. Why are we doing this? Because we're wanting as a church to sow, to sow generously, and keep speaking of Christ, and keep seeking to bless other people. And we're going to uh, not just sow overseas, we're sowing here in a number of different ways. We've strengthened our pastoral care. We've launched pods uh, in our discipleship, these groups where we can journey together and follow Christ. And uh, one thing I'm really excited about, we're setting up a school of theology in partnership with St. Melitus, launching in May, this teaching stream. And we're going to get the best lecturers in the country just speaking the first sort of module is an overview of the Bible. So we're seeking not just to sow out, but also sow within uh, as well. So we're going to sow, 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 sow. And as we've heard tonight, we're going to sow into the next generation. And uh, that's been a real part of St. Saviour's, sowing into the next generation. And uh, We asked the waste just to say uh, the other night, you know, what, what has it meant being uh, a young person at St. Saviour's, being, uh, coming up through some of the groups, and um, they just filmed them in a very basic way on a phone, and I, I'm hoping we can play this 
uh, video, if, we, if we've got it there, of what they said. Yeah, given to you guys. Um, I would say community, uh, family. Great teaching. Uh, people to talk to about faith. Yeah, some really relevant talks. And uh, what has that meant for you? How has it impacted you? I think it's just given me an opportunity to really think about things that I wouldn't get um, to think about anywhere else. It's a real idea about how important faith is in life and how it's really essential. Gives me the chance to constantly come back and whatever mood I'm in, it sets me back ready for the week again. It lets me see what faith looks like living, like living faith out in our real life. I would say it provides a safe space. Sure. How has it prepared you for the future? Um, kind of from what I've already said, it's, it's providing a community. Uh, it's given me confidence as an individual. It's allowed me to have a role that I'll hopefully continue to fulfil in the future. Yeah, it's, it's t- uh, talking how important it is to find God wherever you go in life, how important church is to find church wherever you go. Yeah, it's especially like taught me how I need to kind of put God first in my life. Okay, and uh, obviously as we talk about sowing um, and vision, um, it's worth uh, asking yourself, how's your vision? And are you sowing generously? Are you yourself sowing? Are you sowing seed and throwing it out? Because, you know, we talk about the church vision, da, 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 the church, the church. We are the church, and uh, we are all vision carriers or not. And it's up to us. We are the vision with a vision. And the more we sow generously ourselves in our groups together, uh, the more we do it as a church, if that makes sense. So that's the first thing. Secondly, we're going to keep praying fervently. Pray, 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 pray. Now, I don't know about you. Does anyone like pantomimes? Oh, no, you don't. I love, I love pantomimes, and uh, we go to them quite a lot. I mean, obviously, just at Christmas, not through the year. And um, basically, apart from my video collection that I watch every day. No, basically, I, I, we went to one recently, and, um, you know, there was, there was a character, and she, uh, she wasn't like a fairy godmother, but she had a wand, and she could do anything. She waved a wand, and uh, people were unhappy, became happy. Uh, she, people in difficult circumstances, she could just wave the wand, the magic wand, and they'd be fine. And she had some sort of magic dust, and, and she could just sprinkle it on people, and they'd be great and totally exuberant and happy and joyful. And uh, I tell you that because people, Jesus told this story, this parable, because everyone wanted him, everyone thought the Messiah would be the guy with the magic wand. They'd waited for years for him. The prophets had prophesied his coming. And Jesus turned up. He tells this parable, this is another uh, uh, level of it, because actually he is saying, you know, I, I, I am the Messiah, but I don't have a magic wand. And you're expecting me to do all sorts of things fast. You're expecting me to go up to Jerusalem, wipe out the Romans, uh, overthrow the government, um, just establish all this Jewish nation, and we're going to dominate everyone. He said, it's not going to work like that. He said, in fact, um, it's going to look quite mixed, my life and my message and my sowing. And and lots of people aren't going to respond to me. And don't be discouraged, because... That's how it's going to be. And I don't know whether you've noticed this, but actually the seed in this 
story that's sown everywhere, not much of it bears fruit. So uh, in verse 4, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. When I was sowing seed on that lawn, some of the birds, the flipping birds, gone. Gone. So I got a shotgun and killed them all. No, I didn't really. Later on in a conversation with his disciples, Jesus says, um, as soon as they hear the word, Satan comes, takes away the word that was sown in them, and they walk away. Uh, We're in a spiritual battle, which is why we need to pray. It's not very PCC, but we believe in good and evil. We believe Jesus has the victory, but our sowing generously is opposed, and it's quite hard. And so Jesus says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about my life and my kingdom. Lots of people, gone, not interested. That's them. He says, others uh, are like seed sown on rocky places, uh, in verse 5, where it did not uh, have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Disciples are going, you what? What does that mean? And he tells them later, These are people who just last a short time. They'll respond to my message, but trouble and persecution will come. And when it does come, they're just out of here. Don't be discouraged when that happens. Don't be discouraged when that happens. He says, others are like seeds sown uh, in rocky, uh, sorry, among among thorns uh, that don't bear fruit in verse 7. And uh, they grow up and choke the plants so that they don't... uh, bear any grain. And he says again later on, uh, these are like people who start well, but then the worries of life, deceitfulness of wealth, worries about paying the mortgage, pension, salary rises, great careers. Actually, these are all fine, but they choke the seed that I've sown in people. And so, you know, in fact, most people aren't going to respond to my message. And we know what happens through his life, and death, he's left with about 11 people, even less, everyone scarpers. And he's saying, just watch your expectations, uh, as you say. But then, of course, some uh, dust fall in good soil uh, and uh, bears fruit, this amazing harvest of 30, 60, sometimes 100 times what was sown. So Jesus is saying, is, yeah, you've waited for me for hundreds of years, Yes, I am the Messiah. Yes, my message is powerful, but my vision is a Christian vision. I'm not like a Roman vision where we go through domination and dominate everyone. I'm not like the Jewish zealots who want me to overthrow at the heart of the vision. Mine is a Christian vision, and I'm going to overcome and empower and establish my kingdom through vulnerability and suffering love. And it's not going to look very impressive, It's not going to be the magic wand, but it's phenomenally powerful, and you will witness that in time. We're here because of the truth of this story. We see the truth of his words. So we need to actually pray. Because I don't know about you, I find following Jesus hard. It doesn't sort of come naturally. Hands up if you find it really easy. All your prayers are answered. Every time you speak to someone about Jesus, they come to faith. That you understand everything about the kingdom and God. We, we actually, it's quite full on what we've signed up to. And um, we must take heart though, because actually, Jesus is working. He's powerful. 
and we've got to keep sowing, and we mustn't be discouraged, and we mustn't lose heart. And when people tease us at school about being a Christian or at university, think it's funny we're Christians, or we're intellectually challenged, they're, no, 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 no. We press on, we follow the Lord, and we watch and keep sowing. And when we do that, we reap an extraordinary harvest, 30, 60, maybe 100-fold over the course of a lifetime. So we need to pray because actually we can't do it in our own strength. God does it. Jesus tells another story around this time of, uh, of a seed growing while someone's asleep. And his point is, don't strive, keep sowing, but it's, I'm, it's my work. So pray like mad. Pray, 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 pray as you sow your seed and go for it for the things of the kingdom. Wherever you are, uh, just go for it. So, can I invite you to come to our next church prayer meeting tomorrow night, furnace prayer meeting, 8 o'clock. We're just praying for all this vision stuff. And uh, we've got reports from all our partners, everyone that we can pray uh, for. We're going to pray for Love Guildford. We're going to pray for people in the church. And that's phenomenally powerful when you pray. Uh, And just ask God to act and go for it. Jesus didn't look very impressive a lot of the time in his life, but he was a man of prayer. And, you know, billions of people worship him today. So we've got to pray because it makes a difference. Now, this does beg the question, you know, um, pray for uh, us, you and me, to keep saying. Pray uh, to actually keep going and not be discouraged. And uh, we need to be people who really just uh, pray and persist. So that's the second thing I wanted to talk about. So keep saying generously. Secondly, keep praying. Thirdly, here's the last thing I want to talk about. We need to keep expecting God to do great things. What are your expectations of God? What are you wanting him to do? What are you praying for? What are you hoping he's going to do? I have three sisters. Uh, They're wonderful. Sarah, Hermione, Laura. Laura's my twin sister. And we grew up in the 1970s. That's how old I am. And uh, basically, we had this black and white TV. And uh, it was on a a stand. And there was a funny aerial on top with this sort of fork thing like that. Sort of, that's a bit rude. Um, Sorry. (laughs) A bit like that. You know, however you want to do it. And... (laughs) And it was just this funny aerial. But you had to, you couldn't put, if you put it on top of the TV, basically it wouldn't work. You couldn't see the picture. So one of us had to hold it. And we'd, we'd take it in turns. And the thing is, the lead, you couldn't put it on the bookcase. You see, one of us had to hold it, and it was normally me. And they, they, they'd, they'd say, right, wiggle it, wiggle it. Stop! Hold it there! And the picture sometimes would flash up, and you'd get a sort of signal, and um, the picture would be good. A lot of the time, you'd sort of, and you couldn't really see it. Sometimes the worst was when it was fine for a while, and then it just died, and you couldn't get it back. That was really disappointing. I tell you that story because, you know, this story isn't just about who God is, the power of his message, the importance of sowing and what it's like when you follow him. It's also a a story about receptivity of followers of Jesus. Uh, There's a sense of this parable asking us, how receptive are we to the things of God? And uh, not just for unbelievers, but for believers. How receptive are we to what God is doing? The thing is, God is always sowing. 
He's alive, he's risen, and he sows into our hearts seeds every day and revelation every day. He's always drawing near, wanting to speak to us every day. And uh, this parable encourages us to ask, how receptive are we? You know, how's our aerial? Are we picking up his signal? Are we listening to him? And Jesus seems to be saying, you know, sometimes we're not very receptive. And this is really important because our hearts and what God speaks into our hearts shape the possibilities of our vision. So this is so essential. Without a vision, the people perish. How do you get a vision? You open your heart to God. And you not just like, I did that on the, uh, on the 23rd of February, 1993, I came to faith. But you do that each day, moment by moment, opening with an open heart to God. And Jesus tells this story because he says, you know, sometimes, you know, even you followers of me, you know, your heart's like a path. It's like I, I, I speak to you stuff through the word, through the spirit, and boom, it's snatched. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's like I'm speaking to you, your hearts. It's like rocky ground. You know, it, I seem to sort of get in a little bit, and then suddenly there's a bit of trouble, or you come up against something, and gone. Other times, it's like thorny ground, your heart. And, you know, I, I, I speak to you about your friends at school, or I speak to you about just what I'd love to do in and through you in your life, and just how valuable you are and how gifted you are. And you kind of accept that for a while, but then you get worried by the deceitfulness of wealth or, or what have you. And sometimes, you know, our hearts are really receptive. And that's like, it's like good soil. And you're listening to me. You're like there with your aerial. And you can see the picture. And that's where the real fun starts. That's where the harvest really, really begins. 30, 60, sometimes 100 fold. So I want to end really by, by just saying we need to keep expecting God to do good things. We've got to guard our vision of who he is, uh, our vision of what he's calling us to do with his people and his vision for our lives. And how do you walk in that day after day, year after year as a Christian, through the good times, through the bad times, through the boring times, through the dull times, through the really awful times? You've got to, actually, the heroes of faith, through it all, Keep their hearts open to the Lord and what he's sowing and what he's saying and what he's seeking to do. So in conclusion, what I want to say tonight is that, you know, you're an amazing group of people. You're sowing generously in very many different ways, in all sorts of areas, in the town, at school, in your workplace, overseas. And we've got to keep sowing and be more and more generous. We've got to pray and we've got to be people who walk open to what God is saying and seeking to sow in our hearts. When we do that, we're people of vision, we're people of harvest, we're people of fruitfulness, and this church will become even more exciting. Amen. So let's stand. What we're going to do is we're going to sing a song of worship. Then we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit. And what we're doing is we're tuning the aerial, really. 
We've listened to God through his word. We're going to listen to God through his spirit. And I'm going to give everyone the opportunity to be prayed for. And um, this is important. Um, Maybe, you know, depending on where you're at in your journey, it's good if we can just pray for you. And we'd love to try and encourage you tonight. So let's worship God and then we'll listen and wait on him.